This is Keith. And this is Ben, and this is Main Street Lutherans. Well, we've got a great response that's been coming through on Reddit, so we want to we want to talk a little bit about that real quick. Um, we've been getting um, comments on the ELCA subreddit. If you're not familiar with Reddit, that's reddit.com slash r slash ELCA. And there are a bunch of, of ELCA Lutheran folks that talk about topics. Um, there's some interesting topics there, like uh, someone was looking for a congregation in the Minneapolis area. They brought up a map, and my goodness, it's hard to choose from all those dots. Anyway, I've been bringing up uh, this this podcast, and probably most of our listeners come from there, I'm, I'm guessing at this point. And we've gotten some feedback and some suggestions, and we really thank you for that. And we've got a ton of suggested topics. But it's important to note, I want to say, that, that what we're trying to do with this podcast is to lay a foundation for further topics. So we're going to introduce the ELCA to some folks that have never heard of this before or, or have heard the name and don't know what it means. And we're trying to look at all the, all the things that we talk about from a perspective of someone who's new to the denomination or someone who's a casual observer, maybe from outside. And so I really appreciate all the discussions that happen on Reddit. I think they're very honest and there are a lot of good people talking about things that are, are very important to them and, and everyone is, is treated pretty respectfully. And that's a, that can be an unusual thing on Reddit and I really appreciate that, certainly any kind of forum. This, this past week, of course, we're recording well before you're going to hear this, but, but there was a question from uh, a user. A username is, I believe, user A, amen A. We're not sure if that's Pig Latin or what, but the question was, what's the deal with church membership in the ELCA? And then there was some, some additional stuff there, but that's the, the key part to it. What, what is membership like in the ELCA? And, and that's an, a pretty important topic to me right now because this past Sunday, I just joined my congregation. I've been participating with this congregation for nearly two years, and I was asked a few weeks ago whether I wanted to be a new, a new member, and I said, sure. And so on that, on that Reddit post, I commented and I, I answered quite a bit. And so that, that really brought this topic up for me and something I think we should talk about. So as we move into our main topic here, that's what we're gonna talk about, membership. So, Keith, what does it mean to be a member of the ELCA? Yeah, so to be a member of the ELCA, you are a member of an ELCA congregation. Every congregation has their own constitution, and and while they all vary a little bit, they're primarily based on what's called the model constitution for congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which I think we've got a link to that. We do in the episode notes. Yeah, yeah. So that if anybody wants to see what one of those might look like, it's available there. You know, so you're a member of the congregation when your constitution says you are. Is there any more to it than that? Well, um, I think it varies by, con- by, by congregation. We know for sure that church membership is for baptized members of the church. Sometimes it requires that you be of um, a certain age to be a full voting member of the church. So it, uh, most most congregations allow kids who who are confirmed to be to to be voting members, but adults don't necessarily have to go through a catechism class um, or confirmation. Sometimes churches will uh, require that that new members go through a new membership class just to to go through the basics. One the one important part is that you must desire to be a member. I think that's that's just key uh, for membership of anything. But I was kind of wondering: Are pastors always members of the churches they they are pastors of? 
By and large, yes. If you are a what's called a called pastor to a congregation, like like I am at the church that I serve at, I am a member of this congregation. Interim pastors, you know, who are only there for a short amount of time, may or may not be members of that congregation. And then you've got pastors who are in different roles in the world, like college or seminary professor or hospital chaplain or military chaplain, and they're um, you know they're roles may or may not have an actual congregation attached to them. So they might be a member someplace else. But yeah, basically to most pastors are members of the congregations that they're they're serving. And even if you're um, a pastor who's not serving a congregation, in order to still be considered a pastor in the LCA, you have to be a member somewhere. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So what would somebody want to join the congregation? What would what would be in it for them? You know, this is kind of the difficult part, right? Because what does a church do for a member that it doesn't do for everybody else? Isn't that kind of the point of the church um, yeah. to, to do good, good stuff out in the world? And so if we restrict it just to members, that's, that's not a very uh, churchy sort of thing, I would think. But that said, the church organization itself is a legal entity. And so the government requires that we have members. Like if we have a, an LLC, a limited liability company, that would have what, what the state calls members. And those are the people who own it. And so in a way, when you become a member, you own it. And so you get a vote. Churches generally, and I'm pretty sure this is true everywhere, require that a that in order to hold office in your church, if you're going to be a president of the church council, if you're going to be um, a committee chair, perhaps, or, you know, the secretary of the church council, any of those things that you would need to be a member. And so to hold office, you would have to be a member. One thing that we can't discount is that you do get personalized offering envelopes in most congregations. And so you get your name on it, you get a number assigned to you so they can track your giving. Now that's less important now when most, of, I think, I think I'm going to say most of the people in my generation and younger are more used to, to electronic payments. And so an envelope doesn't, doesn't work very well over the internet. But it's still it's still a piece of that. And it's convenient to have an offering envelope if you want to have your uh, certain offering designated a certain way. That that envelope gives you a chance to do that. And and we do that electronically, too. But it's still the the action of putting something in the plate. And the other part is and and uh, we we mentioned the, the constitutions. Um, the link that we've got goes to the model constitution and for the ELCA and synod constitutions. And what those those constitutions for the synod and the, and the congregations, or I'm sorry, for the for churchwide for ELCA, they say that in order to be to, to vote at uh, synod assemblies and, and the churchwide assemblies, you must be a member of a congregation, and so uh, you're picked as a representative to go. But a congregation can't pick someone who is not a member. So Keith, why why does the church want people to be members? Well, because, you know, like every other organization, we measure ourselves by numbers. And um, unfortunately, no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's it is somewhat. I mean, there are uh, there are moments of tangibility in this conversation, but there is a lot of intangibles too. One of, some of the tangibles are, you know, joining a congregation gives, you know, because it is something for us as Lutherans that you do in the context of worship. Uh, there are other people there, all right? So you're not received as a member, you know, like at a little private ceremony in your home. You're doing this in church on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night, whenever the service is. And so the other, the rest of the congregation gets to recognize you, say, wow, you're a new person. I now know your name. We welcome you here. We're glad to have you 
Glad to have you with us. It um, it also sometimes helps to clarify the difference between uh, someone who is a visitor, even a, a frequent visitor, a regular visitor, and somebody who is considered more of a, um, you know, what you might say, a committed part of the congregation, committed part of the community. One of the things that the Lutheran Church teaches is that, you know, we have a, a doctrine known as the priesthood of all believers, that uh, it's not just pastors and deacons and church professionals who do the ministry of the church. It's uh, everybody, everybody, you know, every member of the congregation is in ministry in some way. That might be um, volunteering in in worship in some way. Maybe you are a lector, you read a lesson. Maybe you are um, a member of the choir. Maybe you uh, are a musician in some capacity or an usher. Maybe you volunteer in the food pantry on uh, another day of the week. You know, maybe you help out tutoring kids in the youth center on on Tuesday nights or something like that. But it also means that, you know, the ministry of the church is done outside of the church also. So if you volunteer at the library or at the hospital, if you, um, you know, you teach at, in your profession in, in schools, you, you know, that is your ministry. That is using the gifts that God has given you to make the world a better place in, in big ways and in small ways. And, and, you know, being a member of the church helps to uh, sort of formalize that and, and, and name it. Uh, name it and claim it. So, you know, there's a famous quote uh, from a uh, an Episcopal bishop from the mid-20th century named uh, William Temple, and he was famous for once stating that the church is the only institution that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not its members. Hmm. And that's an interesting thought, because I think it does also highlight the importance of membership in the ministry of the church, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, it's uh, churches are you know we we want we want people to become members not just because of the annual reports that we fill out where we record numbers of people who have joined people who have died number of marriages and deaths and confirmations and baptisms that we've done and numbers of people that have joined the congregation numbers of people that have left the congregation but because the work of the church is done by its members yeah. It is kind of important to have those reports, though. It's 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 important for us to know how the denomination's doing year to year. You know, are we? Uh, you know, how how do we feel now that those those numbers haven't looked great uh, for a long time? Um, the, yeah, uh, and it's and, and it's interesting that you know some of these questions get tied up in the fact that not only are we a religious organization in in the United States, we are legal entities, right? The ELCA is a legal entity. Each of its individual congregations are legal entities in the states that they um, occupy. So, um, and if you read the Constitution for the ELCA, you'll you'll see it referenced as the corporation and mm -hmm. the corporation of the synod and, right. and and its order and structure. So, yeah. So part of the reason why you know it's important that we we know who our members are is because legally speaking we have to <laughs> you know like right. any other nonprofit organization you got to know who your members are the ones because they're the ones that vote and make decisions on how the organization does its work yeah um, absolutely yeah why would somebody not be a member of a congregation well you know sometimes you just don't feel like it we've talked about you know Keith and I've talked about how some people just feel you know, they, maybe they got burned bad by their last congregation. Um, 
you'll see that a lot with uh, maybe you know folks that, that are called exvangelicals, uh, um, high high commitment churches that require so much. The last thing they want to do is to put their name down as a member and suddenly be on committees again, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the key to getting you onto a committee is is becoming a member and. And so that's a completely valid reason not to join, and uh, and our congregations need to need to be uh, uh, understanding of that. I think some folks attend multiple churches. I think of my parents; they attend a church and then they go other places um, as far as hours away because a relative's at that church that Sunday or something, and and so they would maintain membership at one church, but they would go to maybe each each. Each month, they might go to three or four other churches, not uh, just because of of the things that they do. Historically, seniors might keep a membership in a congregation. One one reason is the congregation that they they're a member of. Say, if they're here in Michigan, we've got snowbirds that go down to Florida for five or six months, and so they will go to a church down there, but they won't become a member of that, and they'll maintain their their membership here. Or if they're looking at be, uh, locating down to Florida permanently. They will make that transition by moving their membership there and just and just attending when they're up here with the rest of their family, or if it's offered, having an auxiliary or an associate membership. Um, and congregations can have that as a sort of a second tier of membership. And so, so there are lots of reasons why people don't become members, and and uh, you know, it's it's fine. It's it doesn't really hurt the congregation not to have members, but. A lot of times I think the congregations like to know that you actually like what's going on and want to participate more fully. And so that's a lot of times why congregations are maybe a little pushy on being members. Yeah. And then sometimes the um, the reverse can happen, too. You can have a church that, you know, somebody who's attended a church for a long time and, and um, you know, they just, somebody will ask them, well, why aren't you a member? And they say, well, nobody ever asked me. Exactly. That's happened to me. Yeah. Before. And it's also happened to me that nobody's asked me, but I got put on anyway. Um, <laughs> and so I, I don't think that's perfect. That's not good church order, but it has happened in my experience. So, right. so uh, it's, it's a possibility. So how did, how did becoming a member at unity go? You know, it was interesting. Um, the church, it worships about 20 to 60, I'd say um, on Sundays. Uh, this last few weeks has been pretty, pretty, pretty heavy with attendance. I think part of it is that people go to church before the Lions games. And so uh, I, by the time this comes out, I think we'll be up to Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend. But but uh, the, with the Lions in the playoffs, people are really praying a lot. So so I think that's part of it. But we had 15 new members, even though sometimes we'll only have 20 people at church. And so 15 new members, um, a bunch of them were sick. And so that's unfortunate. But but we had new families. We had We had couples. The pastor's wife was there becoming a member. She was, we called our pastor back in the fall. And then, uh, and then there was me by myself. My family hasn't committed yet, but, but I'm there. So mm-hmm. uh, I got a certificate. Our pastor had shoulder surgery. She had a shoulder replacement. And so she couldn't sign the certificate, but it's still valid. <laughs> and and it, it's pretty funny. And, you know, I think the typical response to, to memberships for a lot of churches is, oh, I thought you were already a member. And I sort of got that sort of thing. I got I got a lot of handshakes with a wink, like, "Well, you've really been a member all this time, anyway, right?" Right, because you've been around for a while, and you've I've been, been around for a while. I've done a lot of stuff. stuff. Yeah. And of course, the most important part of this is after all of that, we had cake. Ooh, yeah, nice. What kind? 
Um, it was marble. Nice. You know, a nice swirl. So yeah, I like a marble cake. <laughs> you know, I, I I mentioned to you Ben before we started this episode that this is a topic that I I struggle with, kind of personally and pastorally. There's like a there's like a, an analogy that I use a lot that I think is a valid analogy, and yet it's only an analogy. It's 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 only as good as the as the imagery that it calls up. And the analogy is to marriage and say that, you know, um, you can, you can visit a congregation and do almost everything, except there's a couple of things that, you know, we named earlier in the segment, you know, like be, being a voting member of the congregation is something you have to be a member to do, but <clears throat> you can, you can be in the choir. You can often, you know, help teach a Sunday school class or go on a mission trip or volunteer in the food pantry or help out in whatever way you want, even if you're not a member of the congregation. But I, I think that just like, you know, marrying states a commitment by two parties that is in some ways perceived as being greater than simply moving into the same address, you know, joining a congregation is um, is a sign of commitment both on the part of the person joining and of the congregation to to love and support one another in this mutual work that we're engaged in. It goes back to that, that notion of the priesthood of all believers, that, that all of the members of the church are the ones engaged together in its ministry. And there's a, there's a commitment behind that through good and bad and rich and poor that I, that I value as a person and as a, as a, as a pastor. But when, when somebody asks, well, you know, my gym membership gives me these benefits. What does my church membership give me? That's harder to quantify, you know. And, so and that, voting, that voting every every uh, six months doesn't really get you much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I guess that's it. I guess we'll. Uh, well, we'll I, th- we'll, I think I think one of the things that we do need to, I think I think one thing to keep in mind is that the I would say the younger generations we are generally resistant to joining things. Absolutely. Right? I think I think that has to be met uh, has to be said. Although Ben, to include you and I in younger generations is being, I think, a little overly generous, perhaps. Well, I think I think Gen X sort of started the trend of yeah. not being members of things like Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, um, the uh, the Kiwanis, the Lions Club, the Masons. You yeah, know, all, every membership organization in the country is declining. Whether or not it is, you know, finely tuned to whatever, even the boat clubs, the yacht clubs, the the athletic clubs, the country clubs, um, are also having that problem. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so you know, when we talk about membership in the church, a lot of times what we look at is the decline of membership. And if we put that into perspective, everything, every kind of club is seeing a reduction. And so, I think that's important. What's also important, though, is uh, a catechism question. Absolutely. (laughs) So last week's catechism question uh, was, again, looking at the Ten Commandments. And the question was, which commandments focus on people's relationships with each other? And since the question before that had been, which commandments focus on people's relationships with God? And the answer to that question was numbers one through three. Well, that leaves numbers four through ten being the answer to which commandments focus on people's relationships with each other. Yes. What's our what's our new question, Ben? Our new question this week is who wrote the small catechism? Okay, this is multiple choice. So even if you know the answer, if you blurted it out loud, just erase it and and listen for your letter. So 
was it? Martin Luther King Jr., that's A. B, Martin Van Buren. C, Martin Luther. Or D, Dean Martin. Now, make sure that uh, you share that uh, with us on, on Facebook, Instagram, or yeah, Instagram and threads, or or apparently on Reddit, on uh, on the, the ELCA subreddit. And we will uh, get you the, the, the right answer here in a couple weeks upon our next episode. Yeah, but I think that does it. It's so great to talk about this. I think I think membership's a, a big issue and something that, uh, that a lot of people have questions about whether or not they've become a member of a church or if they've been one for a really long time. Yeah, it also is one of those things that really varies from place to place, um, you know, denomination or tradition to denomination or tradition and even congregation to congregation. I yeah. think so. Fun to, it's fun to examine those differences. I think that, um, I think they make us richer. Absolutely. Oh, I have one more announcement before we're done. And that Ooh. is that I learned that I finished my last LLM class. I was sort of anticlimactic because I'd actually finished it back in November and uh, thought I had one more to go, but I don't. And so I begin my my internship right now, and so wow. I'm pretty excited about that. Nine months of internship, and then and then we'll uh, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm done with that, and then I don't know what happens after that. But. Well, will you know when it's done, or will you have to keep going for a little I'm, while? And they tell I'm you. I'm going to set an alarm on my Alexa. <laughs> Main Street Lutherans is hosted by Keith Fair and Ben Food. You can reach us at MainStreetLutherans at gmail.com. MainStreetLutherans.com on the internet or on the socials as at MainStreetLutherans. Right now, that'd be Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. show is produced by Folk Media Productions. Until next time, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.